Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where you will find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now we're going to jump into today's episode. So my name is Adam Homey. I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest yourself today. And we are going to be discussing online presence and why your marketing strategy matters. Here we are. Every so often we like to have an episode like this to get caught up on current trends and to hear from somebody who's in the trenches actually working with business creators, functioning in fact as a business creator, helping you win the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. So I think you are going to love who we have on board for you today. They, their names are Ryder and Emily Thacker of blueshiftwebservices.com. And just to very briefly introduce them, and then they're going to tell us the story, Ryder and Emily are the owners of Blue Shift Web Services, which is a full-service digital agency located in Central Florida. They have passion for online marketing and helping businesses succeed online. And just from what we've been doing here in the green room here before we jumped online here, I can tell you that you guys listening in today are going to be so happy you did so. So Ryder and Emily Thacker, come on in. The weather's fine. Hi, nice to uh, be here today. All right. I'm excited. All right. So (laughs) by now, by now, some of our listeners are probably leaning in a little bit. They're opening a separate browser tab. They're binging the Yahoo out of the Googles, looking to discover more about the Thackers, Ryder and Emily, and blueshiftwebservices.com. There, I put in a little pitch for you. (laughs) So uh, yeah, go to blueshiftwebservices.com. At any rate, before we dive into our conversation today about online presence and who needs it, how we create it, some other trends that are going on with online marketing here is uh, where we are now. What I'd like to do is take a step back. I told people who you guys are, the name of your company and what you do, but let's hear from you a little bit about your journey and what's brought you guys to where you are serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. All right. Well, um, Emily here. Uh, All right. We are... We are millennials, so we know everything digital just secondhand from experiencing it. And we know how much of an asset that is to business as a whole as we move more and more online with Amazon killing all of the uh, department stores and all of that. Uh So uh, I actually got started about six years ago in web design. So I was the person doing all the grunt work with the doing the HTML and the CSS and making the site pretty and making sure the content was there. And um, over the years, I kind of developed more and more skills on a broader marketing level. Um, I worked at a company, I was a contractor for a company where we actually made the uh, launch sites for like the rockets. So every time a rocket goes up and, uh, they tell you all about what's on the website. I was actually 
one of the people that worked on that, one of the main people that worked on that. Right. Um, yeah, I just want to add, uh, she's talking about NASA. I don't think you actually... Oh, no, yeah. I don't think I said Oh, I, oh I, 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 I saw Cape Canaveral in front of me or whatever you guys call it these days. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, okay. Usually when, when I say it, people already like know, like, oh, yeah, where the spaceships go up. Yes. But, so that's, that's how I got further and further in my career there. And Ryder and I were working, and we were like, you know what, we're going to – we know that we can go and we can do this better. Uh, so we created our own digital agency, Blue Shift Web Services. And from there, we started with a lot of um, businesses, just helping them even get online. A lot of people think that they just need a Facebook page, but actually that's not how your online presence should be at all. It should have a website at the center of it. Right. So we, we strive to educate everybody on that. You have anything yeah. to add? All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A uh, couple, couple observations. You mentioned things like HTML and CSS, and ever since WordPress and lead pages and click funnels and everything have come into play as content management systems, you know, I haven't really thought about HTML much uh, in a long time, but you mentioned HTML and CSS, so you guys probably know what I'm talking about when I mentioned server-side includes and yeah. the use of the .shtml extension. Uh, yes. And why, and, why, and why you need to use that extension if you're using server-side includes, unless you're running PHP or ColdFusion or something along those lines. Oh, I love people I can geek out with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we actually don't use that as much since a lot of our websites that we build are on, like, WordPress, since that's yeah. one of the biggest things. Yeah, I would like to add with that, um, we actually, when we first started, like, uh, freelancing before we actually had a legit company, um, we actually would do everything from scratch. That's how we right. sell ourselves. But, you know, as you do this a bunch, as you get, you know, you start taking on a bunch of clients, I start realizing there's really not a lot of reason to really do things from scratch. You're not going to get, you know, necessarily better SEO or uh, the most you can get out of it is possibly a faster website. But if you really know what you're doing, when you're making like a WordPress, for example, yeah. um, it's going to be plenty of fast. You know, you can tune things up. So, oh yeah, yeah. You can you can like our own website originally was from scratch, but over time there's there's not much to gain from it. You know, this is like one of the biggest things that I try to tell people and, and explain to people. Um, it just costs a lot more, and, you're, and and most of the time it doesn't really look any better, if not worse. To doesn't look any different. I, I mean, candidly, because design is pretty much what it is, and with all yeah, yeah and uh, whether you hire somebody to develop a custom WordPress theme, which to me I think is almost, you know, past tense at this point, because you can go to any market like Theme Forest or the Genesis themes yeah. or what have you and pretty much buy whatever you want off the shelf. And even if you don't want it to look like the store-bought thing, most themes have unlimited color schemes. You can change the hero images. Yeah. Most of them uh, support the entire range of Google fonts, of which I think we have almost a thousand at this point. So without too much effort, if you just know what to check for when you're looking at the theme specifications, regardless of what it looks like off the shelf, you can make it into whatever you want. The theme just helps you skip like 30 steps toward yeah, that goal. One of the biggest concerns of people when it comes to like WordPress and themes is, you know, they always say, I don't want a website that's like everyone else's. I want something unique. And it's like, uh, it's like once you change the images and everything, the webs, you know, you could take one theme and make 
uh, five different websites, and none of them are going to look anything like each other. And another thing to keep in mind is there is literally thousands upon thousands of themes. Your chances of even coming across the same theme twice, you know, even maybe even in a lifetime, is right. actually pretty slim. So it's it's kind of a ridiculous concern if you really know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, um, something that I see that I use myself a lot when I'm building websites for our clients is that um, – the fact that I know HTML and PHP and CSS and things like that gives a lot more customizability to WordPress themes. So I mean, if they're like, Oh, I don't want this uh, image gallery to be a grid. I want it to be a masonry grid. Then I'm like, I've got the code. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just to add add, on, that's something that I would say really honestly sets us apart from other companies is like what she's saying. We really actually know how to code. We could do things from scratch, uh-huh. uh, but combined with the power of using a theme plus the power of actually being able to do things from scratch, uh, you know, you can really get what you want for a very affordable cost. Whereas, you know, other companies, if they only know how to set the theme and, and just launch it without actually tweaking anything. You know, oh, precisely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody has their own process, but if I were still yeah. doing this stuff, which I, I don't, I consult on it. Um, and I have a, a, a brand of my company that actually develops websites for podcast launches. And we have identified basically three themes that we recommend our clients use. And Basically, we tell them, well, you kind of have to pick one of these because these are the ones that we vetted and we know will work with our way of making this work, which will make it easier for you to manage once you take it over. And it doesn't really take much of a conversation to help people recognize that as long as you have the ability to do things like swap your hero image and put in your logo and and change your fonts and colors, it will look like their site. And among the things that I look for when I recommend a theme to somebody is exactly what you said. If there are five different ways to display the blog or the portfolio, whether you have the grid, the masonry grid, uh, the the reverse uh, chronological order like you typically see in blogs, whatever it is, you can make it happen. The other beautiful thing I love about content management systems, like particularly WordPress, is uh, you're probably going to need things like plugins to make it do certain things and make the site more powerful as an online digital marketing tool. And with WordPress, you just plug in the plugin and activate and do maybe a couple little checkboxes for configuration. If you're coding a thing from scratch, you're coding your apps from scratch too, generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah, WordPress's uh, plugins and plugin library is such an asset when it comes to developing on WordPress. Yeah, so powerful. Um, and another wonderful thing about it is exactly as you said, you can niche out your plugins. So, like, if you need a calendar plugin, there's at least ten that I can think of off the top of my head. You can plug in and plug and play and figure out which one's going to actually work for you. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's the premium uh, plugins that go even further in their capabilities. So there's just like an endless, endless possibilities there. Yeah. yeah another thing, another thing I'd like to say uh, about like what you're saying, what you do for your own business where you have like, you know, three different themes to choose from because you vetted them. Uh, for the non-technical viewers out there that don't really know a lot about web design, and everything, uh, something, something to look for when you're hiring a web design company. Uh, a lot of people will tell you that like, Oh, we, we only make websites from scratch, you know, custom websites. We don't use WordPress or that can stuff, right? The thing is, most of the time when people say stuff like that, they already have their own like 
in-house theme that they made. It's literally just a theme that they made and they just call it custom because of that. So it's really a ridiculous thing. Not many people are actually making websites from scratch. And if they are, there's no point. It's reinventing the wheel. You know, you don't go, the the analogy I like to always say is when you go get a car, you get one that's made in a factory, not one that was crafted. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just one final point on this. I want to get into online presence. Uh, You're absolutely right about that. If it's truly designed from scratch, then they are probably, there's, I don't think there's any way they could charge a reasonable amount of money for that. Since the three of us here on this call really knows what starting from scratch actually entails and taking it to the other extreme. I have a good friend of mine who has a digital marketing agency, sort of like yours, who uh, last time I spoke with her, I think she uh, told me she has made something like $15 million over the past three years just off the website design side of what she does. They use the same damn thing for every client. I mean, uh, I mean, a lot. I mean, if you know who their clients are, you begin to notice the similarities eventually. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, and I'm not hearing a lot of stuff on the marketplace about oh, they just use the same thing for everyone. You just don't yeah, hear but, that. You don't. Yeah, but they're hear all happy it. too. Yeah, yeah, you don't hear it because what they're looking for, what they're more likely to think if they're the type of customer who's going to be serious about building an online presence, making a difference for their community market and audience and growing their business, they're going to say, okay, well, this firm uses this theme and they customize it for every client. They must know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we don't personally do that, but there's actually, there's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, yeah. If it works, then why would you have any other way? Precisely. So what I want to do now is I want to get a little bit of the term definition. This might go pretty quickly and then get into some of the details of it. How do you guys define online presence? That's a term that people love to throw around. Let's hear your spin on it. The really basic thing that I throw out there for online presence is it's basically everything about your business that's online. Yeah. That's that's pretty much all-encompassing there. Um, it includes everything from social media to SEO to advertising to how you interact with your clients and customers online. It goes into, do you have a email signature? Do you have a, a professional email address where it has your uh, custom domain at the end? Like all of these little things go into online presence. And it's actually really, really important to have a well-rounded online presence. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I, yeah. There's, what I love to say is, even if you're a local business, you're a global business, because as soon as you can be found on the web, and you can be found on the web regardless of anything, one way or the other, but the moment you do something like upload a YouTube video or open a social media page or something like that, or even on your personal social media, you mention your business, you basically become a global business because anybody on the globe can access you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I actually have a lot of... Um associates that I talk to and we kind of like go back and forth about how our businesses are doing and like advice for each other that are over in France and in Australia. So like I just from having an online presence myself for my business, I'm able to connect with people in the industry very easily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to throw in that. uh, It was funny that you mentioned that because right before we came on the podcast, uh, we were just talking about like we were going to get a new office, but I was like, you know, I think I just wanted to find a place that's actually more affordable than somewhere with a lot of foot traffic because it seems like we're just going to get the vast majority of our clients just um, nationally rather than locally because everything's, everyone's coming to our website. So right. that's like what you're saying. It just goes right back to what you're saying. Uh, 
you know, once you're online, you're getting a whole new customer base than you could, especially if you're doing everything right, rather than just getting a nice location with a lot of foot traffic, which is important as well. But, you know, every business can benefit from a website and growing organically and paid ads, everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. Here's a funny story. I've, I mean, I had a web design firm up until the year 2010, and I've uh, done marketing consulting. I uh, have now sort of segued into more of a holistic approach to business, including virtual team building, use of technology to imp impose maximal, excuse me, minimalism for maximum results, and we have the in-demand expert brand, which specifically helps people become new media stars on podcasts, live streams, and things like that, whether being a guest or hosting your own show. Uh, I was based out of the Pittsburgh area for the first 10 years, never had a client in Pittsburgh. Moved to Las okay. Vegas in 2013. It was a couple years after that, I'm suddenly getting clients in Pittsburgh. It's funny. That's the way it goes. The best part is I knew these people back when I was in Pittsburgh. One of them, in fact, I was their client for the thing that they do. And I had to come out here to get them as clients. The point being, it doesn't really matter. And I'll tell you, candidly, I don't mind that a lot of my clients are out of town because now I don't have to explain to them why I won't meet them for coffee. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have, uh, as we've expanded our online presence and really like put efforts into online marketing, I'm seeing such a rapid growth of like na nationwide people that are not even in Florida that I'm just like, oh, okay. Like now I have a client in California. Now I have a client yeah. in uh, Illinois. It's just it's, kind of it's like, amazing. wow. All, all, all you have to do is get one in some other country. Now you're a global company. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah. You can tell I, everybody that. Uh -huh. <laughs> you don't have to be in Canada. You can even be in the same time zone. I was, uh, I tell you, I was in business for about six months and I landed my first Australian company. And at that point, we serve clients around the globe. Yep. International, baby. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We're international. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I think that thinking through your online presence is also very important and what I'm curious about is have you heard of any examples of people who didn't quite think it through and sort of got caught with their pants down on it I have a little bit of a story about this myself but I want to hear you know any cautionary tales that you have first um okay so actually I do have one um so one client that I have is online and has a Google My Business profile, which every business should have. You should always have that. Yep. Um, and she got a review, and it was just one review, but it was a bad review. Right. And she didn't reply to it, and she didn't really uh, kind of defend herself or explain herself or anything like she should have. And so now, wherever she goes, she's just got that one one-star review on Google My Business. So... It's very, very important to get those reviews on Google My Business. Very, very important to manage your online presence by responding to, to your bad reviews, your good reviews, and not kind of ignoring it and hoping it goes away. Because on right. the internet, nothing goes away. Candidly, correct. Yeah. And, there, and to me, there's a way to handle negative reviews. And really, it's just about being a positive person. Uh, there, like, if you have somebody who it looks like they're just blasting you and trolling you there's a real simple way to deal with that uh that i found because i mean i've been in business for 16 years i've had one or two people complain i mean if you have if you've done everything perfect you haven't really done anything in my personal opinion simple way to do it just say uh 
will do is first say, I, you know, you know, try and give them a call, send them an email, and just reply publicly and say, uh, look, I really would like you to have a five-star experience. I just left you a message. If you could please uh, give me a call back or reply to my email, and let's discuss how we get you there. Yeah, yeah that's by far what yeah, I always It hasn't because, happened yeah. with us yet, but uh, if someone yeah. were to be angry about our service in some way uh, and they left a bad review, I would reach out, like what I would do personally, I would just reach out privately. I would of course leave a review under like, hey, how can we help, you know, the world's going to see what you're yeah. They're going to, yeah, they're looking to see if you respond to that negative review. Absolutely. So you got to get, get something out there, understanding your audience yeah. is actually the entire world as much as it is that person who left the review. Yeah, absolutely. Super important. And um, something but I would, I would, sorry. I'll, but uh, yeah, I would reach out to them personally and be like, hey, you know, you know, whatever happened, it was a complete accident. You know, I'll take responsibility, but what can we do to get rid of that bad review? Like, yeah, I'm here to serve you, you know, be super nice, professional, uh, be like, you know, do you need something? You know, what can we do? And then, you know, most people are going to, if they're not crazy, they're going to be like, Hey, you know, this is what I think was unfair. You know, okay. I'll be like, I'll write that wrong and I'll do more. You know, you right. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also just want to add that, uh, uh, when it comes to Google, my business in particular, the reviews, uh, that's really big with like organic SEO. So of yeah. course, Google's seeing if you have a bad ratio and another, one of the biggest things that uh, affects SEO is actually if you're responding to all your reviews, good or bad. So I would just like to add that out there. Somebody always like to say, were you saying something, Emily? Sorry, um, something that I've noticed about companies responding to their, their bad reviews is that it's important to set the standard that you're there to improve um, I see that a, a few people that I know would respond to it in almost like a hostile way, but yeah. an outsider who's reading that's going to look at that and really judge you based on how you respond. And if you're not responding professionally and you're not responding with an eagerness to improve whatever the issue was, it's, it looks bad on the business and they'll likely take it elsewhere. Let me give you a perspective that I shared in my book, which is called Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. When I'm looking at online reviews for a business, let's say that the scale is one to five. I'm looking for a company that has an average review score of about 4.2. That's the first That's thing I'm looking for. That's how I do it too. <laughs> yeah, part, part of the reason is if all I see is they have 100 five-star reviews, I'm going to wonder where they bought them because nobody's <laughs> perfect. It just doesn't exist. I even, I've even admitted to an occasional error to myself because if you don't, nobody's going to believe you. You know, you know, they say sometimes people have got to see your dirt to know you're clean, that sort of yeah. thing. So I look for that because I want to see that once or twice that business goofed up, made a mistake, uh, ran into an impossible customer that just – gave them a hard time, whatever it was, and they ended up with a, they ended up with a little bit of an issue. I want to see that, that that had happened, that they responded to it, and how they responded to it. The reason simply being, what if mine is one of those one out of 100 cases they deal with that doesn't go right? I want, to, I, want to, I want to go into it with confidence knowing that they have the competency and the willingness to deliver a final product that's good, and they'll stick with me through the hard times. Yeah, yeah. One of the easiest things you can do as a business is just to, you know, so many people don't do that or don't understand that. It's actually really crazy, you know. Yeah. So like you were saying you get a bad review, and some people like will argue back or like almost talk crap about them online on the reviews. You know, like, oh, this person is a 
crazy idiot. Uh, uh, I just like, yeah, dude. my rule of thumb is to uh, don't air your dirty laundry in the, the review there. Like, right. Keep it private. Keep it professional. Hey, sorry you had this bad experience. Uh, yeah, let me apologize. know how I can improve it and how we can move forward from this. Yeah, um, I can give you an example of uh, I can give you an example and then show you the practical implications of what happens uh, when you you screw this up. Um, I had an experience at a restaurant a couple years ago where I was with a group of people and the server was paying attention to the women at the table. There were three women with me and ignoring me. So he, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so he'd come and take their orders, ask them what they needed, and after the third or fourth time. It's like, hey, I need a menu. And I said, I said I need a menu a couple times as he was walking away after he took care of everybody on my table. Oh, wow. And finally, I caught his attention, he, and he walked over, and he flung a menu at me, hit me in the arm with it, and said, there's your menu. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to wow. belabor this conversation about all the other things that went bad. Let's just say I tried to get satisfaction on site, which – really just giving me a free dessert and uh, saying they were sorry would have taken care of the whole thing. Uh, but they chose to, but the manager chose to be a jerk to me too. So as a way of, you know, letting them know that, you know, you know I would like, uh, I would like at least some proper address to the situation. I left them a less than stellar review on Yelp. My goal was that they would reach out and say, wow, we're sorry to hear that's your impression of us. Why don't you come back and let us give you a ch and give us a chance to show you that we can give you a five star experience. That's all I needed. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, yeah, and the way I phrased that, you notice I didn't even I, I didn't even have them saying, "Oh, we're sorry about that." All they had, all they say is, "Wow, we're yeah, wow, it's uh, it's too bad that's your impression uh, of us." Uh, that's you not. Yeah, so we. Yeah, it's not what we want to leave out there. Uh, can you please come back and give us a chance to show you a five-star experience? That's all I asked for. What they chose to do instead was to research me and find out that a buddy of mine uses their venue to host meetings and to go to him and tell him that if he didn't tell me to tell, take that review down, oh, they weren't going to let him host his meetings there anymore. So, yes, I will bash Tommy Bahama every chance I get. <laughs> Well, now, now, we now we know. Now all the people listening know. See, that's what happens. Yeah, that's, that's online presence right there. You and have yeah. to go there. And, and, and you, know, you know what the best? You know what the best part is? That was probably just one idiot manager. I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's a good place because their reviews are overall good. But if that's what they have going on in one of their hundred restaurants, you see, you see that 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 thing that happened here in Las Vegas has just gone global. So I just brought that up as an example of what happens when you um, – and I'm not telling you not to go to Tommy Bahama. Maybe you have a great experience here, but I never will. And uh, I'll, bring, I'll bring it up when I get a chance. So uh, that, is, that is a practical implication of what can happen when you forget that no matter how local you are, you are global. And I'm pretty sure there are Tommy Bahama restaurants in your part of the world because my I understanding think is – I one in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, because it comes from the, it comes from the southeast United States somewhere. I'm not sure – it's Florida or North Carolina or something like that. But my understanding is they're actually based more in your neck of the woods than mine. They just happen to have locations, not only restaurants, yeah, but also, like yeah, they have restaurants, they have clothing stores and all other kinds of things all around the country. Yeah, and I, I, and again, yeah I know a guy at the cigar shop that I go to who only wears Tom, Tommy Bahama shirts and I don't say anything to him about it because he likes the shirts. I'm just, I just say from my own personal perspective, based on my experience there and the fact that they went out of their way to outrage me, well, 
hey, if, they, if they're listening now and they hear this and they want to say, uh, wow, uh, we're really sorry you're saying that. Uh, what can we do? Then, yeah, I might change my tune. I might even issue a supplementary statement saying they made it right. Yeah, yeah but right. see, the, the power of that is, is that now I've never been to Tommy Bahama, but I know to kind of be like, uh, if I have the option uh-huh. to go somewhere else, I'll probably just go somewhere else on the off chance that I have that same bad experience. Yeah. Right, so, right. And you just heard me say, you just heard me say, don't let my experience be your only determinant because they do have a lot of great reviews, but just bear in mind that happened and how they dealt with chance. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have a big company, but we do, we do have like a, we've had a few employees, a few people that um, worked as a interns, as interns whatnot, but anybody who uh, has anything to do with the customer, customer facing side of things, I always tell them the first thing, uh, there's two things, make sure that you have quick communication and always be nice. Like if, if I catch anybody being rude, like it's over, like you cannot be rude to the customer, yeah. no what they're doing to you. You know, if they're being so bad to you, then call the cops. Like, if you're in fear of your life, but never, and if never be rude. Another thing to do, especially if you're a lower employee or if you're a manager, is if somebody is hassling your, 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 uh, what's the word? Employee, sorry, uh-huh. yeah, employee, <laughs> intern, whatever, um, and there you see them hitting their limit and you know, okay, they're going to give an unsatisfactory experience for the client even if the client is being horrendous step in yourself take it take it over you're calmer you're cooler you're collected about it let that other employee just take a break and that's something that i've always appreciated in my workplace if i like to handle something i had a manager there to just kind of let me go take a five minute break to recollect yeah you think it's a lot of people who don't own business think that's like common sense and they say, oh, of course, of course. But it's like, I don't know, in, in the real world, uh, not a lot of people, or there is a lot of people who don't, you know, live by their words. Yeah. Treat the customer nice and everything. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, and you made made a great point too. And again, I mean, this is an extension of online presence. Is how you deal with people. And yeah. you, and you know, and uh, you, Emily, you made a great point that sometimes it's better just to get another person involved. Uh, you know, uh, this is a secret that I've heard from a lot of people who work customer service for telecoms and uh, online retailers and things like that. Sometimes when they get a customer who gets frustrated with the person they're dealing with and they says, I want to speak with your, I want to speak with your manager now. They actually have a protocol in place where they'll transfer you to, to just another person that works there. Yeah. doesn't matter if it's a manager because yeah. what they're looking to do is they're looking to actually stop it before it has to go to a manager. And they recognize that maybe you just get a different person on that can change the entire tone and you can get a resolution because maybe there's just, maybe there's just no chemistry with that first person, or maybe uh, just because the, the, you know, the, the negative part of the, the interaction had to do with that first person, just get another person in there and you can often resolve it very quickly because what you're ultimately doing is you're allowing that customer, that prospect to just simply feel heard. They said, well, I don't want to speak with you. I want to speak with your manager. And you responded to that by giving them what they wanted, even if that next person isn't a manager or somebody who could fire the first person or what have you. Just the fact that that company showed that they would they would oblige you on that can often be enough to turn the whole thing around. Yes, exactly. I worked in uh, telecommunications before where I was the person who was helping people. And we had three levels of 
people who had like a little bit more authority, but not quite a manager that you right. go through before you actually hit like an actual manager. Yeah, that, that, that is correct. And, and, you know, there's another question I want to ask. Uh, this is a little bit different, especially when it comes to online presence. You can't think of everything when it comes to launching something. And if you wait until you have every single thing lined up that you could possibly anticipate in terms of your business growth before you launch, you'll never launch. Exactly. So, yeah. It's a so, learning process. And right. You have to even find out what it works. Like you may have like a plan all out, like I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then while you're in it, while you're launched, while you're in the trenches working it, you'll find, oh, that's not actually working for me. And you'll need to, you know, start again. You got to be like, okay, yeah. this marketing's not working. I need to go try this avenue of marketing. Yeah. And that's a thing about online presence is that it's, it's always evolving. If yeah. you wait and wait and wait, some of your technology that you were planning on using might not even be around Something's anymore. Something's better than nothing. Right, right. So, uh, and what else can happen with online presence? I'm going to just tell a brief little story here, and then I think you may have something to say about it, is especially in today's environment, you have folks who will just want to cause trouble. Uh, or they'll, or you have the outrage culture, the cancel culture and things like that. Oh yeah. So I'm reminded of something that happened last summer. Uh, there's a company called Portions, P-O-U-R-T-I-O-N-S. And they make, uh, you know, like, like plateware, uh, dining sets, wine glasses, things like that, where, uh, they put little markers on them that indicate, well, if you eat or drink this much, you'll, uh, like one of the big ones say that somebody had a big issue with is uh, there's a plate on it that has two rings on it. Uh, I think the one in the middle says skinny jeans and the wider one says mom jeans and it just yeah, I've heard about that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I remember yeah. it. Yeah, and, and, and they were in Macy's and because one person uh, who had a few hundred Twitter followers or whatever complained about it, they pulled the, they pulled the whole line out of Macy's. Uh, now, meanwhile, now here's what happened uh, from what I from where I was sitting? Um, the people who own portions, I think it's I think it's uh, just a you know a, a couple, just like you guys are a couple that that own your company. Uh, you know, a very small operation. They were in Macy's and they were also in a few other places, and they caught media attention. And the, the these people were interviewed. I can't remember if it was the Today Show or Good Morning America, but they were on a few outlets like that over the next few days. And they were able to show the world that they were, they're just really decent people having a little bit of fun. And, you know, bottom line is you don't want to buy their plates. Just don't buy their plates. Uh, okay. here's, yeah. here's, what, here's what I was sad about. I had the chance to check out their brand when I heard about this. And on their website, they have a wine glass. It's called the Nap Wine Glass. And if you, and if you fill the glass a third of the way full, you're at the nip level. If you feel a two-thirds of the way full, you're at the nap level. So you want to get a little buzz, you want to get knocked out, basically, is, is, the, um, is the joke behind it. And I wanted to buy one of these, but because their entire model was based on wholesaling, they did not have, they did not have an application or a shopping cart on their website where a consumer could do a B2C purchase. And it took them several months to get that set up. Meanwhile, they've got the media exposure and they've got people banging down their door saying, I want to buy your stuff. And they weren't equipped to handle it. I got a quick question. Um, are, is this company by chance, were they on Shark Tank? 
I believe they were actually. I think yeah, so. I'm not sure. Really so yeah. Let me let me tell you why I like the nip versus nap glass. Right. I have I have two cats, Princess Alessandra and Princess Stella, who actually are sitting on either side of me right now taking naps. And as a treat, I like to get them catnip wine. Yes, there is a thing called catnip wine. I've heard about so it. We, I don't even have cats, but I know. Yeah. So we put a little <laughs> so we put a little catnip wine in the glass, and uh, these and, the, and these girls uh, they have done a thing since they were kittens where whenever I have a glass of iced tea poured, they will stick their face into my glass of iced tea and lick at it. Nice. So this was, I mean, this was perfect. Now they, uh, I was able to get a hold of one of these, uh, one of these wine glasses and they love it. I mean, I, I pour their catnip wine in and they stick their faces in and they lap at it. And, uh, you know, we just have a good time hanging out here. I'll have my iced tea maybe so often I'll go for a glass of Merlot and they'll have their catnip wine. We're just hanging out. Right, it's a party. Yeah, a party, yes. Yeah, so I guess the question I have here is, especially in this age of outrage and cancel culture and all that, what would your recommendation be? And, I, and, and if you notice, I love to have conversations from a storytelling type perspective. And, I, and, I, and I'm very happy we can have sort of like a conversation that resembles a little miniature mastermind that our audience is listening in on. We found that that's a very popular format. So in your experience, have you ever run into something where one of your clients got caught up in all that? Um, and whether or not they did, what would be your recommendations for dealing with that? Um, for cancel culture in particular? If, if they suddenly find themselves on the short end of the outrage mob for something they did or didn't do. Thankfully, our clients have not had any um, cancel culture type stuff happen to them, yeah. knock on wood. Uh -huh. um, but a lot of our, our, a lot of our industry, there's not a lot, or a lot of our clients aren't in an industry where cancel culture really is a thing. Right. So, I mean, as we get bigger and work with more industries, I'm sure we'll have one. But the biggest thing is how you handle it. So like you said, the, the couple with the, the plate that was Portions, expensive yes. because of the, uh, body shaming, I think was the fat shaming, I think was the actual thing. That's what that's what that's what some people were, that's what some people were claiming when it came to that. Um, but, but for every person that said that somebody else thought it was really cool. Yeah, I, it's a joke, in my opinion. Like, yeah. it, it, was, it was supposed to be funny. It was supposed yeah. to be taken lightly. Um, but the way that they handled it with, like, going on, explaining themselves, like, hey, it wasn't in a way of, like, toxicity. It wasn't in a way that yeah. it ended up yeah. being taken. The intentions were a lighthearted, a light poking fun kind of thing. It wasn't yeah. supposed yeah. to be anything Yeah, you got to explain yourself. You, so you have to explain sense. yourself and make sure that – a way to prevent it is to make sure that it's understood beforehand. So an online presence, say you have that product on your store, on your online store, you right. can do it in the description. You can say lighthearted plate sizings or something like that, where it gets it across that this is a joke. Do not take it seriously. You yeah. should not be offended by this plate. <laughs> it's unfortunate that you didn't have to do that though, but I guess it is something you have to do. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be because you have a product that has a funny line to it. It could be that you are just going about your day and you go on social media and you put a comment in somebody else's thread and somebody decides they want to ruin your day over it. And I've seen cases of that too. 
doesn't even have to do with your own business. You could just get a bunch of folks. I, I had a friend, yeah. uh, she used to own I a massage. into that one time. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a friend, uh, she uh, used to have a massage parlor. Its name was Gypsy Soul. So she got a bunch of folks who wanted to make a big deal out of her using the word gypsy in her company name. Oh, okay. And they started, and they started pummeling her with one star reviews and calling her every sort of nasty name. And she's really the sweetest mm -hmm. person you'd ever meet. And you know what the best part is, is this group of people who all knew each other uh, were targeting a business called gypsy soul. Cause that's, uh, there's actually a lot of companies out there called gypsy soul. And they weren't even coming for her. They had intended to go attack somebody else who had a company named Gypsy Soul. And you actually saw them discussing on her reviews page, section of her Facebook page. You said, "Wait a minute, this was this was this wasn't the company that we were uh, that we were targeting." And another one says, "Oh, we'll get them too, but since we're here, let's destroy her." Type that on her page. Wow, that's I've I've it, actually never heard of that happening other than like. Um, with like famous people or something. No, it happens a lot. I mean, I believe it. But I just never. Yeah. It happened with some beauty, uh, beauty people as well. I remember. I think it was also last summer. Um, some beauty brand took stylings and imagery and ideas from some other lesser-known person, and the a lot of the culture culture that was infused into it was like appropriated and it was like a whole big thing last year i have a little pet theory that the type of people who go on and try to shut down businesses like that you know, the whole cancel culture that the vast majority of them actually don't even believe like what they're saying it's it's almost like they're just looking for a reason to be outraged i mean i could be wrong there might be like good causes out there who, yeah you know, i'm not you know i'm all for like not being racist or anything, of course. You know? Oh, no, but, no, no. But, not, not, you know, not, we're we're stuff, all on yeah. that page. We're all on the yeah. same page with you on that one. But that's that's the thing, though. It's like everybody's on that page. You know what I'm saying? No one's creating businesses around something racist or something. Like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there may be like a fraction of a tenth of a hundredth of a percent of a company that uh, puts out a blatantly racist product. And I can tell you that their market is probably going to be like 12 people to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The word gypsy, like really? I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean gypsies call themselves gypsies. It's not a big deal. I mean, they may call themselves gypsies or Roma or um, there are a couple other um, terms for their particular ethnicity and culture, depending on where they are in the world. But they're yeah, all it's like, the it's like they're not thinking that that's a real lady with a real business employing real people. She's like yeah. doing something with herself. She's like trying to help. And, uh, you know, it's just it's sad. It's, it's really sad to me that people do stuff like that. It's something yeah. I'm passionate about, so I'm rambling about it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now that we now that we've now that we've uh, spent about a third of our time together on the haters and how to deal with them, their negative reviews, their cancel culture, their outrage and all that yeah. it is my belief. And I want to get your thoughts on this. It's my belief that the best way you can counter that is by having a loyal tribe that will go to bat for you if that ever happens. Because in all the cases I mentioned, the portions, my friend with the massage parlor and a couple other things, what they could immediately call on were their legions of loyal, excited fans who jumped right in and defended them. So I would love for everybody who gets involved with having an online presence to build that type of tribe because not only are those people going to rush to your defense they're also going to be your loyal customers that buy things when you release them who invest in things who are going to be your cheerleaders acting as your 24 7 unpaid sales force telling people about you 
what in your estimation are some of the things that we as business creators need to be doing on a regular basis to build and nurture those tribes? I would, uh, I think that's where social media comes in. I mean, in order to get like a really big presence of people who are excited about, you know, what you're doing, unless it's something, you know, it's already very excitable. Like, uh, now do you have anything in mind? I'm trying to think of the type of business where people get excited about that. Right? But yeah, I mean, um, just uh, starting for a cause. If you're yeah. supporting a cause, people tend to get up in arms for you. Right. But social media is probably the best way to go about getting a large following an audience podcast, uh, uh-huh. you know, YouTube channel. Finding like-minded people as well. One tool that I see on the rise right now is definitely Facebook groups. Uh-huh. Um, having a lot of like-minded people. I myself am in a lot of like business owning moms, for example, because I have yeah. two little girls. Um, I'm in a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like you are able to support each other and like really, you know, just be in a group of like-minded people. And then I find that, you know, even people who I've never worked with really, but I've had conversation with that I've connected with will then refer me to people like, oh, hey, this lady's really, really nice. Go talk to her. Or I've seen her work on her website. She's really fun to talk to. Go talk to her. And I, that's just an amazing tool. Um, and another thing that I see a lot um, is people aren't connecting really with their audience they're more of just selling to their audience and i find that when you're caring about online presence it's a little bit different than just the digital marketing aspect the online presence includes your connection with people how are you interacting how are you making these people show that they are on the same page as you that you are you are providing them value um that's something that i'm really big about myself yeah like what you're saying yeah that's that's the best thing um trying to provide value and provide value up front rather than just like, Oh, it's spamming about your new deal about your you know, 90% off by now, you know, that, all that type of stuff. Very salesy, very, you know, yeah. used car salesman. For example, um, I get, cause I'm in these business groups of like uh, business owners and things like that. I get a lot of people who message me and out the gate, the very first thing they ever say to me is, uh, can you sign up for my xyz paid coaching service or something like that (laughs) and and i don't even respond to them anymore because i'm like if you're only messaging me to sell yourself then you're not someone who i want to talk to yeah i'd just like to add one more thing about that emily um she's very active in um, her facebook groups like she was saying um and all as far as i'm aware you know she might say something differently but all i ever see her doing is just literally helping other people like people ask a question, she's helping them. She doesn't even really yeah, pitch our services or anything. And there are we get a lot of places for sure. And I mean, she pitches our services and everything, but like, but I do it really on the threads. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, there are people who post questions about what software they should build their website on. Like, should they use WordPress or Shopify or right. Wix or Squarespace or all these new up and coming drag and drop builders that you can find? Um, And so I just give them my input. I say, hey, this is my background. Like I'm a digital marketer. I say use WordPress for X, Y, Z reasons, or I say use Shopify for these reasons. And um, I just comment that. I don't even link to my business or anything. Um, Unless, you know, they're saying explicitly, hey, I need a web designer. I'm like, oh, that's me. I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. And then I seem to also 
get that feedback from the girls that I've helped. They're like, oh yeah, she's super helpful. She knows what she's talking about underneath those kind of threads where people are looking for someone. So it just kind of boosts my chances. And that's all that is, is just help people. And then they come to you when they're in need. Yeah. Her just going on there in her free time and helping people has actually turned into our biggest way of getting clients. Our biggest way of getting clients right now uh, has been Facebook. And just through her interacting and helping people. Not even yeah. really the majority of those people itself. that have came from social media has just been people that asked a specific question. I gave them a specific answer. And then they messaged me afterwards like, hey, yeah, you're right. Can you just do this for me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll do it for you. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to Gary Vee or maybe some of your audience listens to I do. Yeah, so he's always preaching about, you know, providing value up front. And that's yeah. literally what she's doing. And it's 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 like, it's amazing. You know, it's one of the best things, best pieces of advice I can give as someone who's a business owner is just provide value up front. I think, I think it's pretty straightforward. And I mean, you mentioned the messages that people send. Uh, First thing you hear from them, as soon as you connect with them through any social network is join my program. And then another that I hear a lot of complaints about is you connect with somebody on LinkedIn and then two minutes later, you've got this really, really long digitally illiterate message it's, 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 yeah. it's basically their their entire sales pitch and ends with oh by the way i've created a free special report just for you click here to opt in and download it my favorite like, thing that's happened to me in that was um i, 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 I don't know how that works <laughs> i got a facebook message and in the like two paragraph long message which was obviously like just a copy and paste it uh-huh. said thank you for connecting with me on linkedin and i'm like Great. This isn't LinkedIn. Like, Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe that was an honest mistake and Hey, I've made a couple honest mistakes of that nature as well, but that's just a reminder to all of us to make sure your templates are consistent. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to, uh, make it like I'm holier than thou. I've, I've literally made templates and then left where I'm supposed to change some bit of information. Like my email template, I sent out an email template where it says my next class and then it has brackets that says next class. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with templates, but you got to try and make it sound human. You got to make it sound exactly. like personalized. Yeah, you can do yeah, and you can do that. You know, the the one of the most interesting interactions I've had is there's somebody that I connect with actually in a discussion group and and uh, he, you know, we I think he asked a question and I replied to it and then we ended up connecting a couple other times on other areas of that group and then one way or another, uh, connection requests went from one to the other, and now we're connected uh, through LinkedIn. And a f- few days later, he writes to me, and he, a- and he asked me, uh, you know, I, I just want to let you know, I send out emails on a regular basis with more information you might find interesting. Is it okay if I add you to my list? And I'm thinking, yeah. and I said, sure, add me to your list. And, yeah, that's and, he, and, he, and he sends stuff almost every day. And a lot of it is actually very salesy and pitchy and stuff like that. But he'll throw in things like, you know, here's an article I wrote. Uh, here's, uh, here, here's me on a podcast episode, things like that. But when I see his name in my inbox, uh, I probably open nine out of 10 of what he sends me. And that's because first impressions and yeah. on in, in the online world, you only get one first impression right. and that'll take me back to how earlier you were talking about Tommy Bahama. <laughs> that was my first impression of Tommy Bahama. So yeah, yeah. it kind of gives me a, a, a salty taste in my mouth when I'm talking. 
all, all, the, all this local store manager had to do was say, wow, that's not the impression we like to leave. Can you come back and give us a chance to show you a five-star experience? And the best part is I would have went. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I wouldn't have gone in there asking any special favors or, or announcing who I was or anything like that. I would have gone up to their, uh, I would have gone up to their host and asked for a table and sat down and ordered a meal. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very simple, very simple fix. And that's what a lot of, I feel like that's what a lot of people don't understand is that fixing issues, it's often just the communication, the like willingness to change, the willingness to improve that makes it better. It's an ego <laughs> thing too, you know. Oh yeah, like the you know, I'm always when you, right. When you saw that review from me, which was a 100% legit review. Um, yeah. He's just like, no, I have the best restaurant. Why is, who's he say that, you know, it's just the ego thing. That's, that's one thing you got to do when you're making a business. You got to leave your ego at the door. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, yeah. personal. Like a bad experience right. at your restaurant doesn't mean I don't yeah, like exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing personal. At all. Right, right. Exactly. You know, the funny thing is, is when people complain, they actually have a chance of being your most loyal customers because all they're saying is hear me. Now, if you do get yeah. somebody who's just a troublemaker, just a troll, just likes to make other people miserable and share their own misery, then my recommendation is just do the same thing. Just reach out to them privately and post to the review. Uh, I just want to let you know, I just left a, a message at the phone number I have for you and uh, the email address I have for you. Give me a, get back to me and we'll work this out. Yeah, and, no, certainly. I'll leave yeah. you alone after that. Like, no right. continue to try to bully or drive right. you crazy if you're being right. nice to you. you can't be now, mean to someone who's yeah. nice to you. Now, if they respond to that with just more online bullying, then the response is quite simple. Say, again, I'm, I'm looking to make you happy here. I reached out to you. Uh, there's nothing further I can do until we have that conversation. Because at this point, now you're letting the world know man, you just had a hater here and you, you did the best you could with them. And it actually makes the hater look bad at that point yeah, because they, they, they were offered a reasonable resolution and they just wanted to bitch. And this yep. is also like why I say that you should have a very well-rounded uh, online presence because you, yeah, you could get a bad review on like Facebook recommendations. And then if they, if they're doing their actual research and they go to your Google, my business reviews and see that it's, you know, mostly positive and all of that. It gives them a better picture of who you are as a, as a business. And yeah. so having social media profiles, making sure you have a Google My Business uh, profile, making sure that your website's up to date and that you're really taking advantage of every avenue of marketing, especially if it's free because social media is free for the most part. Yeah. Um, it's just very, very good back on your business. And it also shows that you take it seriously. So you're taking time, you're putting effort into marketing yourself, which means you definitely care about your business and most hopefully care about your uh, clients and your customers as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you know, our conversation, and I know we're at the top of the hour here and I know we could probably go for like three more hours, but what <laughs> I loved about what I loved about what we did today is we uh, had a nice open mastermind type discussion where we showed some real world examples and we were able to illustrate to people, this is what happens when, depending on how you tend to your online presence, people may say great things about you, people may say things that are not so great about you, and they may also say, wow, if only you'd just do this, I could become your raving fan for life. I tell you, if, um, they just said, 
why don't you come on back and we'll show you a five-star experience. I might be one of their raving fans right now. Absolutely. I could still, I could still become their fan if they were willing to make it right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that I'm one of those people that reviews everybody, whether it's good or bad, yeah. um, because I know the value of a review. And when I've had a bad experience, either through theme templates, for example, or I have a plugin that I need support on and, uh -huh. you know, I wasn't getting it. So I gave them a bad review about support. Almost everyone that has reached out has rectified the issue, first of all. And yeah. then second of all, went above and beyond to make sure that I, that they deserved a better review. And, so, yeah. And you know, the best part is, um, if you do reach out to someone like that and you do show them the five-star experience, you do show them that yes, you'll support the plugin or what have you did and the, and the, and you get their problem resolved. You've created a fan number one, who's going to tell people, wow, not only is their restaurant, not only is their plugin great, but you should try it out too. That's number one. And number two, at that point you do, or you have earned the right and the privilege of saying to them, Hey, look, I know that negative review is still out there. Is there any chance you could delete it now and put up a positive review or put exactly. an update on or put an update on it? Cause you know, like Yelp lets you update reviews and Google just show, and just, and just, reviews. yeah. And, and just show, and just show the entire picture. Uh, and <laughs> most people will be happy to do that. In fact, they may even be thinking to themselves, boy, I, I guess I did really kind of go a little bit overboard. Uh, blasting them they, they're actually nice people so I'll be happy to go and and rectify this and then now you've turned that negative into a positive they might even change the star rating from one to like four or five which you know which helps your overall metrics oh, yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure yeah. yeah so we're at the top of the hour here as I said and uh, what I think is really clear about what you guys are doing Ryder and Emily is you have a really great beat on how, helping people build their online presences and understanding some of the real world stuff that goes into creating loyalty that grows your business. So for anybody we have right now leaning in, wanting some of that help for themselves, what's the next step? Uh, the next step would definitely be to um, send us an email or a Facebook message. Um, since online presence is something that we preach, we do practice it. So we're yep. everywhere. Um, if you go to blueshiftwebservices.com, there's contact forms on pretty much every page. Yep. There's also a wonderful blog where we also share our insights and our input. Yeah. <laughs> so you're more than welcome yeah. to go there Phone and number, contact call, us. Text, oh, yep, email, call. form. Yep. I was peeking around your blog a little bit before we hopped on here, just uh, looking to uh, get some starting points for our conversation. You have some really great stuff there. You cover a lot of topics around online presence. You do it very clearly, very concisely, and answer a lot of questions about a lot of specific key phrases. So I do encourage people to check that out at blueshipwebservices.com. I think they'll have a great time. Yeah, that's also something that we, we take our pride in as our blog is because, again, we're, we want to provide value. And I want my main goal when I'm blogging is to show you, hey, I do have expertise in this and I'm giving you this expertise. Run with it if you want. But if you still need us, like I'm here. <laughs> yeah, also yep. Google loves blogs. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I'm not going to, you know, fake it or pretend. It. I know. All right. So, uh, so Ryder and Emily Thacker of blueshiftwebservices.com. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Thank you. Adam. Thank you. Appreciate you letting us come on here and talk.
All right. For all of our listeners, we trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.